Hello everybody and welcome back to Tuesdays at Alexandra's. This week's episode is all about casual employment and how that may have been affected by the recent Workpack and Rosato case. I know there's been a lot of information circulating at the moment with headlines saying things along the lines of court says ongoing regular casuals entitled to casual loading and leave. I've had a number of conversations on the topic with people that I work with about what the court is actually saying, how this will change casual employment, and what the case actually means. Since I'm a law student, I love when people want to discuss legal principles and cases, so I thought that it would be a great idea to sit down on this week's episode and discuss the case and what it actually means. Yeah, I think there's uh, probably somewhat of a misconception perhaps uh, derived from the way this case has been reported on that all of a sudden uh, you might not just be entitled to a casual loading of 25%, which is normally the loading, uh, but you might otherwise be uh, entitled to things like paid leave, superannuation, entitlements, sick leave, uh, all of the other things that you would otherwise get if you were a permanent worker. As you just heard in that little snippet, on this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Gabrielle Golding from the University of Adelaide. Gabby has a wide range of legal experience, having practiced as a solicitor for a few years at an international law firm in media and employment law, before deciding to do some PhD research into the crossover between employment law and contract law. She then taught at Monash Law, did an associateship at the Federal Court, and has now returned to the Adelaide Law School, where she teaches a range of subjects including contract law, law of work, family law, and dispute resolution and ethics. I'm very pleased to welcome Gabby onto the podcast to talk about the Workpack and Rosato case. Today, we're going to talk about the Workpack and Rosato case, which was a federal court federal court case that just went through that dealt with casual employers and what it means to be a casual and leave entitlement for long-term casual employers, uh, employees, sorry. Um, I think the best place to start probably is what is a casual employer and then what is a part-time employer, employee? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So the definition of a casual employee is quite an interesting one. Uh, Where our employment law comes from in Australia is from under the Fair Work Act. It's a piece of federal legislation that sets out all of the rules that govern employment. And then you've got employment contracts that sit alongside uh, the provisions of that act. And as part of that act, you can have uh, an enterprise agreement that covers your employment, or you might be covered by a modern award. So it'll be one or the other. The other option is if you're earning too much money that you might just be covered uh, by an employment contract alone. You can have an employment contract and also be covered by an award at the same time and the same applies with an enterprise agreement. So that's just a bit about, you know, the makeup of employment law in Australia. And as to where casual employment sits within that and what the definition of what it means is, 
there's actually no definition of what a casual worker is under the Fair Work Act. But under most enterprise agreements and most modern awards, they say that a casual employee is someone who is engaged and paid as such. So it's like, okay, who is someone that's engaged and paid as a casual? Generally speaking, what that then means is that ballpark figure you might get a 25% loading on your pay, uh, but that is foregoing any other entitlements to things like leave, things like uh, casual, uh, sorry, sick leave rather, um, super, sorry, superannuation entitlements you will still accrue, but it's basically the leave entitlements mainly that you forego uh, and also uh, the idea uh, of security in your work. Your work's considered temporary rather than being an ongoing permanent thing. Yeah, great. So, and then when we talk about part-time workers, what we're saying is someone who gets all of those leave entitlements but doesn't work a full-time load. Yeah, correct. So if you're part-time, that means you're working, generally speaking, less than a full-time uh, employee being, you know, less than 37.5 hours a week or thereabouts. And generally under an award or an enterprise agreement or in your contract, it'll set out, okay, these are your part-time hours. Uh, or if you're full-time, these are your full-time contracted hours. Right, so really the main difference is the casuals get the loading instead of getting leave entitlements. Yeah, that's, I mean, at a real base level for sure. That and I guess uh, lack of uh, any kind of security or expectation that that employment is going to be a permanent and ongoing thing. Okay, and then so where this case sort of comes in is the court has said if you are a long-term casual and have some level of regularity, you should be entitled to leave then. So it kind of changes how we understand casual workers then. Mm, absolutely, it does. Uh, so what the federal court has said in this decision is that even though the Fair Work Act doesn't define what a casual means, the courts looked at previous understandings of what a casual worker is and they said in that decision it should be given its meaning at general law uh, and the meaning within what they call quite uh, interestingly the essence of casualness. So that's the absence of a firm advanced commitment as to the duration of the employee's employment or the days or hours that they'll work. So the idea being here uh, that they've tried to, I guess, give a meaning uh, to what the term casual means and that based on this particular employee uh, who's brought the case, they've said that he is a type of casual who is kind of a, a permanent casual. That sounds a bit like an oxymoron, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. 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 
So the reason why the court has had to get involved with defining what a casual worker means is because there is no clear definition in the Fair Work Act. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say that, uh, or at least attempts to define it have been perhaps misconstrued or misunderstood in some way. Uh, so particularly around this uh, notion of someone who turns up to work on a regular basis that works the same casual shifts and they've done that for as long as, you know, anyone can remember and that's that's their time and they expect to be paid for it. Notwithstanding the fact that they're not accruing leave, they're still getting this 25% loading, but there's regularity and an expectation of something kind of ongoing beyond just, you know, a shift here or there that's sporadic. So I think it would probably be beneficial to sort of get into a bit of the background and the facts of the case. Um, did you want to summarise it or do you want me to sort of run through it? Um, look, I'm happy to sort of uh, try and fit it into a bit of a nutshell. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting case because uh, it stemmed from an initial ruling uh, against this labour hire company called WorkPack. Now, WorkPack's got about uh, 6,000 or so workers uh, as part of its workforce and they essentially uh, place these workers into companies uh, like Rio Tinto, BHP Billiton, uh, they have workers who engage in fly-in and fly-out work. And one of these particular workers in the first case was a guy called Paul Skeen. And he worked for about two years as a dump truck driver. Uh, he worked at two Queensland coal mines during that time. He was engaged as a casual and he said that because his set of rosters that required him to work 12-hour shifts on a seven-day on and seven-day off basis, what that meant was that he should not just be treated as a casual, but that, in fact, he was permanent. So he should get annual leave, he should get entitlements to sick leave, he should not have to be compensated uh, or to even need to give back the casual loading that he was otherwise given. Uh, and so that's where this case kind of stemmed from. So instead of taking that decision to the High Court, which would have been the kind of logical way to appeal a decision, and Alex, you well know that that's how the court structure yeah. works, that if you appeal a decision from the Federal Court, it goes up to the High Court to the next level. Instead of doing that, what WorkPack did was they said, well, that decision didn't go our way. What we're going to do this time around uh, is to actually fund one of our own workers, uh, a for another former mine worker, Mr Rosado, to pursue similar claims but this time for unpaid leave pay and for public holiday pay, which you also don't get if you're uh, a casual. And, 
you might get some sort of a loading, but you don't get uh, a paid entitled uh, work day as such. It's not part of your entitlement. So what they did uh, there was get Mr Rosato uh, and fund his legal action against them. So paying one of their own employees to sue them, which is kind of an odd move. But the reason that they wanted to do this is so that they could test out some new arguments uh, that they hadn't put in the original case that involved Mr Skeen. So what WorkPack said in this case is that even if Mr Rosado was a permanent worker, so he was, you know, this permanent casual, uh, that they should be able to set off his casual loading, so his uh, special loading that he was getting in lieu of those leave entitlements, so that he couldn't double dip, uh, that he couldn't be paid for both of those things at the same time. And what's really important in this case is that the federal court completely rejected that argument and they said that just like Mr Skeen, Mr Rosado should have been treated as a permanent worker and that this idea of a set-off uh, wasn't able uh, to necessarily uh, be clarified there. So the central problem here uh, was that WorkPack was effectively seeking permission to prepay entitlements, which meant that under the Fair Work Act, uh, they would normally be given or paid for in different ways. So I guess the kind of next logical question for people is like, where do we go from here? Like, how do we deal with this? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know a lot of people have, like, asked me because they know I'm studying law. They're like, oh, will I get back pay? If I've been on holidays while being a casual worker, do I owe my, like, employer leave now because I've gone over my what would have been annual leave? Like, how does it all work now? Mm, yeah. So I think the the main issue here is really not for all casuals, uh, it is probably for those particular casuals who are, they fall within that definition of, uh, if you like, a permanent casual, someone who's been working at the same place for, you know, some time uh, and they work regular shifts and they've got that sort of underlying expectation of maybe some ongoing employment, they are the ones that I think fall within this uh, work pack and uh, risotto type situation. So they are the ones that should be considering, okay, you know, what 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 could this potentially mean for me? For other casuals, you know, uh, that are working shifts that are maybe more sporadic, spread out, uh, that they're not regular and they haven't been ongoing for some time, then it's, you know, the same as usual. You get your loading in exchange for not having those leave entitlements. So essentially uh, what many businesses are probably worried about, if we think about it from the employer side of things, is if they've got these long-term casuals uh, and now this case setting the precedent for potential uh, retrospective claims for unpaid entitlements and that 
could, I guess, run into, you know, millions if not billions of dollars uh, over the country. So uh, as to, you know, where to from here, it probably uh, remains to be seen how many people decide that they're going to now take this on. Uh, but I think we also need to keep in mind that so much of uh, this is hinging on the fact that the law is going to stay this way uh, because I think, uh, to my mind, uh, an appeal to the High Court of Australia based on this federal court decision seems like it could be coming. Mm. Yeah. So for people who aren't law students or who don't really understand what an appeal means in sort of the court hierarchy, uh, what happens if they do appeal to the High Court? Yeah, so if uh, Workpack decides now that it's not happy with the decision, uh, what it can do is apply to the High Court for special leave to appeal. So you have to be granted special leave to get to the High Court level. If the High Court agrees that this is an issue that needs clarification, that warrants special leave, then they'll grant the special leave and then a bench of either five or seven judges on the High Court will hear the case and then we'll have to wait for a judgment to then see what happens. Mm. Yeah. So, the, so the, as long as they get special leave, then, then they're able to appeal. Yeah, and mm. so when they appeal, they can get either a new judgment or the High Court can say, no, we agreed with what was said and what was set out. Um, so it could potentially still change or it could be upheld. Now, the other way I guess it could change is if the government was to change legislation. So is that something that might be happening? Are they going to put in a definition of casual worker, for example? Mm, look, it would be uh, quite helpful. I'm, I, I strongly uh, suggest that it's uh, now on Parliament's radar as to, you know, what to do in light of this decision uh, and to keep in mind uh, the potential impact on uh, employers and employees if this decision remains the status quo. So, you know, it would be really helpful, I think, if we had a definition of who a casual worker is, what defines casual work. Uh, within the Fair Work Act itself. I mean, that seems to me to be the most logical place to put it. Uh, and indeed, what to do in situations where you come across someone who is uh, deemed, you know, one of these permanent casuals, that, that strange oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think just with, like, JobKeeper as well, we've been hearing a lot about, like, long-term casuals and casuals who have been there for a long time. So I think it would sort of make sense for the government to be thinking about this and thinking about what casuals should be entitled to and what, like, the idea of a long-term casual or an ongoing casual or whatever they want to call it. Mm, absolutely. So, um, look, I think, I mean, if I was... Um, considering uh, what to do, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm aware that what the Attorney General uh, has now done uh, has indicated, uh, this is the Commonwealth Attorney General, they've indicated that they're going to consult with unions and employers in light of the decision and that, in fact, this legislative change might actually come as a consequence of the decision. So um, it sort of remains a case of, you know, watch this space to see what happens as to whether we get, you know, maybe a split definition of a capital. Uh, maybe you have a... A casual, as we you know colloquially now understand it, and a difference between that and a permanent casual, perhaps. Who knows? Depends what they come up with. Yeah. Well, I think that is a really good summary of what has sort of happened and what's been going on, and then sort of what might happen with the case. Um, unless you have any final thoughts, we might leave it there then. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's a super interesting um, topic to think about. And I think, you know, uh, for anyone that's engaging in any type of work, it's always uh, such a good idea to, you know, stay on top of uh, what your entitlements should be uh, so that you're aware of where you stand. And, you know, casual work can be pretty precarious and, it's a really good idea for, you know, young people especially to be across these uh, new changes in the law and, you know, the potential uh, to start having conversations with their employer about things that they might otherwise be entitled to. Uh, so, you know, a really useful conversation to have. So thanks for having me, Alex. It's been awesome. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. A very cool guest to have. I hope that has brought some of you that are casual employees or just interested in the matter a little bit of clarity on what the outcome in Workpack and Rosato actually means and how this may affect casual employment in the future. Once again, I'd just like to thank Dr. Gabrielle Golding for coming on the podcast and sharing her insight with everyone. I really appreciate it and I'm sure it will be greatly appreciated by the listeners. With all of that said and done, I'm going to leave you there this week. Thank you for listening and thank you for spending Tuesdays at Alexandra's. Bye, guys.